1: Good morning. It is Monday, March 4. Welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky de Oliveira.
0: And I'm Chief at the Oliveira. And uh, let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you, Lord, for all that you are, all that you've called us to. Thank you for our communities that we exist in and are part of. Thank you for the opportunity to connect with other people. Uh, Bless us in our conversations, bless us in the interactions that we have with each other. Give us wisdom, Lord, as we enter into this passage again and uh, look for insights and application and uh, understanding as well. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Okay, New Living Translation today, the NLT. I'm reading Isaiah 63, 1 through 6, subheading Judgment Against the Lord's Enemies. Who is this who comes from Edom, from the city of Bozrah? With his clothing stained red. Who is this in royal robes, marching in his great strength? It is I, the Lord, announcing your salvation. It is I, the Lord, who has the power to save. Why are your clothes so red as if you have been treading out grapes? I have been treading the winepress alone. No one was there to help me. In my anger, I have trampled my enemies as if they were grapes. In my fury, I have trampled my foes. Their blood has stained my clothes. For the time has come for me to avenge my people, to ransom them from their oppressors. I was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed, so I myself stepped in to save them with my strong arm, and my wrath sustained me. I crushed the nations in my anger and made them stagger and fall to the ground, spilling their blood upon the earth. Mm.
0: Cheery thought for the morning. I know, as we're thinking about that. So, this is the passage for this week. And uh, you're wondering what a great passage to begin the day off with. And uh, absolutely, because it's part of an entire new series that we're doing. This is the second week called The Lion and the Lamb. And intentionally called that just because uh, there's this uh, contrast of who God is seen as. Is he seen as God as the lamb or God as the lion? And uh, this week here, we're looking at a different passage in Isaiah. And so, uh, well, I'm going to dive straight into the question. Uh, today, which is this, the recalibrate question. To what extent does motivation help you understand revenge?
1: Okay. And I should give a little bit of context for this. I wrote today about what I call the kind of revenge speech genre in yes. movies in particular. Um, and those are things like in The Princess Bride. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepared to die. There are yeah. longer ones. Gladiator is one that I wrote about. And I think the one from Taken. I have a very particular set of skills, you know. (laughs) And, you know, I was thinking that my first reaction to reading this is, "Eh, you know, I don't like it. I don't get it. It's kind of violent and weird. And then I thought, well, I mean, why? Because I love stuff like this. Like, I love those revenge movies where everybody does. And the reason is because it's positioned in such a way that the person seeking revenge has clearly been wronged. They're clearly a good person. And the people that they're out to get are clearly. Deserving of whatever is coming. And uh-huh. there's not a lot of nuance within that, generally mm. speaking, in these kinds of stories. And so it's pretty easy. You know, it's, it's not difficult at mm. all. You're on the side of the gladiator, you're on mm. the side of whoever Liam Neeson's character mm. name is and taken. Um, so I just wondered, you know, how we think about that. Does that change the way that we look at it? And is how, how we think about God is that important in terms of how we. Well, read the passage
0: I think I think I mean obviously when we're, we're watching a, a movie like that or hearing a story like that or we or we think about uh, the way I was reading this rather interesting article the other day about the way that we have taken um, uh, all the war stories mm-hmm. and made them into incredibly beautiful wonderful stories today where there is as if nothing really took place other than there was an enemy. And we have all these uh, iconic sites now that people go and stand and, and can watch and think about, well, this is great. We actually beat the enemy. So, mm, and so there's this kind of… But they're kind of, kind of
1: they're sanitized.
0: Yeah, they have sanitized the, 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 the pain and the suffering that's taking place inside there. Obviously, it's not true for, for everything, but it's just generally… This well, whole, and the, I think, the you was, know, do you remember when you and proposing. I visited
1: the beaches of Normandy oh. some years ago? And oh, yeah. That's a really kind of chilling experience. It is. We visited…
0: And we went to the, the graves.
1: Yeah, we went to the graves, but we went to a place that showed footage. It was actual footage of the D Day mm-hmm. landings.
0: And we walked on the beaches as well. And And I think I remember the footage chilling.
1: seeing somebody picking up their arm. Mm-hmm. Like their arm had blown off and they kinda
0: Yeah. But and and then they talked to us as well about how for years afterwards uh, things were getting washed up, right? You know. Um, elements of clothing and gear and everything was being washed up onto the beaches for years afterwards because so many had lost their lives there. There is, there is a, it was, I think it was the first time. So I grew up in England, born in England, grew up in England. And I think it was the first time I ever watched a movie where I saw the German side
1: mm. and it was
0: all in subtitles and it was a, it was the German side. And I think I'm trying to remember it was about a submarine and you were, you were basically on the German side, and you were fighting uh, against the Allies. And it was very interesting, you know, to watch this side and suddenly think, well, the enemy is actually other British are, are mm-hmm. everybody else.
1: But I can see you where never, you would feel sympathy to those particular that. people on the submarine. But then you could step back and think, whoa, 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 big picture. I'm totally not. I'm not wanting them yeah, to win but, because but in, the, in
0: the movie yeah. they intentionally drew you into the place where you were not thinking about big picture because right. you were stuck inside the submarine, and they were trying to tell you the stories of the lives of these individual men, right? And so I think this is the difficulty with revenge, is that we, when we talk about revenge and we talk about motivation, is that it's easy for us to think of motivation uh, when we when we put revenge down as like, well. It's justified because it's this very simple thing, right? Yeah. But when you get into the complexity of life, and you get into the complexity of the situation as to what what happened and why they did, or what happened inside there, it's always difficult.
1: And that's kind of what I'm that's getting why at are here. Divided, is, right? The way that the stories are set up, you know, in movies, it's it's very clear whose side that you're on and and everything. In this, though, if I start thinking about it, well, who are the nations? Yeah. Is it everybody except for? the Israelites, because that would include us. You know, I mean, as much as Christians like to act like, I don't know, that we're Israelites or whatever, we're not, in fact. So I don't know. I'm always just kind of perplexed about who these other people are and why we always assume that they're not us. And
0: well, again, I, get, I think this is where the context of this entire passage is really important and where it comes to the end of the book of Isaiah and, and what Isaiah is trying to do here and why he's, why he's inserted this inside here and what happened before in chapters 61, 62 and what's going to happen afterwards. And I think they all play into it. And so by Saturday, if we haven't all discovered it ourselves, hopefully this will make a little bit more sense to us. But irrespective of that this passage is often used just as it is as a defender as a as a direct quote as a as a a right you know to seek revenge
1: well and i should just say i don't actually expect to find answers to things i'm kind of okay with figuring that there'll be certain things that you're just going to talk about forever yeah because there are there's certain things that we talk about forever and there's there's not an answer definitively. And I think that the nature of God and all of these things will always be questions.
0: Well, I, I I agree as well. I think that the nature of God is something we continually discover and forever. Because if we ever are able to decide this is who God is, then we have become God, right?
1: Well, I mean, the nature of myself is something that I could... That I could um, discover and think about for a long time of yeah. anything, you know. So yeah, yeah it feels set, like it's not an that, easy thing to understand. Said that,
0: there are some things that I think we can we can agree upon and say, hey this is what we're growing towards or we can establish. Oh, we'll see about that. I'm not in
1: an agreeing mood. Oh,
0: good, good. So, (laughs) I I I uh, might be by tomorrow.
1: By tomorrow, that'd be good.
0: That'd be better. But I mean, I think there are some things that we can agree upon that we can say, hey, this is actually the revelation of the character of God that actually helps us. And that's what the purpose, which I actually believe is the purpose of the entire Bible, rather than being a book about ourselves, it's actually a book about God and to reveal to us who the character of God is. Which is, which is very difficult when you read a passage like this and you're saying, so, well, who is God? Is he, is he really going to be treading down? And uh, this metaphorical image here, is it really true? Is it going to be like people are going to be squashed by him? And what is, he, what is Isaiah trying to say inside here? Hmm. I think that's important and worthwhile looking at. But motivation, um, does motivation actually help us understand revenge?
1: Well, yeah, I think it does.
0: Mm, I, think, I, I think I think it helps understand.
1: I think, I'm not sure if it justifies it or not. I think that's the difference. Yeah.
0: I think, it, I, I think it does help you understand why people may act on revenge, but I don't think it actually justifies it.
1: Well, it's why, you know, you might understand vigilante missions, but you don't necessarily think they're a good idea, mm-hmm. that we feel like we have a legal system for mm-hmm. a reason, because you may think someone's guilty, you may be pretty sure about it, but until you've gone through proper procedures, you don't know that for a fact. So you could be carrying out a massive injustice.
0: There you go. We can agree. Mm. Great. All right, here we go. Uh, To what extent does motivation help you understand revenge? Think about that. Talk about it with your friends. Look after each other. Live love. And we will connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. If you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church or slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.